You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. And welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, coming to you as always from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me as always is my co-host for tonight, Mr. The Chronicler. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Hey, how you doing today, Ray? I'm doing very, very well. I'm excited to wrap up our uh, conversation on Anakin Skywalker. Yes, that's right. And also joining us because every every good franchise needs its trinity. I mean, Star Trek has Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Star Wars, of course, has Luke, Han, and Leia. And we now have Joe. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Glad to be here. All right, Joe will be our uh, second co-host here on War of the Stars. He just joined up at Realm of the Mist, where you can hear, of course, all our our great shows here on Realm of the Mist, uh, including this one and um, just a bunch of others. (laughs) That's what you call a smooth transition. How do you like that, huh? (laughs) Smooth as peanut butter. Smooth. All right, well, we are a little um, scrunched on time today, so we're just going to get right into it and continue on with our discussion on Anakin Skywalker. And this week we're going to be talking of the rise and fall of Darth Vader. And so first question... um, My man. I, I kind of, I think I kind of... We kind of talked about this last time, and I kind of got your thoughts. I think I kind of got your thoughts on Joe. Do you consider Anakin and Vader to be two different people? Oh no, he's the man. Yeah, I mean, he is but one I mean, dude. is Vader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking two different guys. You know, fall to the dark side, you become somebody completely different. Yeah, no, it was all in Anakin to begin with. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, he was supposed to, how do they put it, balance the force? Well, that means it's not balanced in him. It's one mm. or the other. Him finding mm. that middle ground is a little hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this brings up another question we can talk about was, was his fall inevitable? From, I mean, was it one of those things that from the moment he was born, was he destined to fall? Or... Was he more, was he the product of his environment or was it just something that the force, basically the force had destined that he would become this? Wow, that's deep. Um, (laughs) I am going to say he was destined to fall Mm. because I think it had to swing back the other direction before it could Mm -hmm. come into balance. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean and we've talked Jedi talked were about... in charge. They were the strong, powerful side of it. The Sith come back, swings it to the dark side. Now, I think what we're going to see in The Rise of Skywalker is we're going to swing back to the center. Yeah. Um, and one thing we talked about this, we kind of talked a hint on this last time. Last uh, last time we did one of these, uh, the episode on, ah, I can talk, was this whole idea of balance being a literal interpretation of the of the term balance where instead of having thousands of jedi and two sith you now had two sith and basically two jedi and that there was now once again balance you know in a literal term of balance in the force and yeah, what do you think of that whole concept um, of the like him literally bringing balance? Well, yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of it like that, but you're right. Um, 
you know, thousands of Jedi versus two to two Jedi versus that, you know, versus two mm -hmm. literally balanced it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think we lost Ray. Uh, no, I still show him as part of the call. Yep. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Okay. Just it, was talking. You as, it was showing you as muted there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was on, uh, Mute. I had some traffic going by, so I didn't want to interrupt the, and I wanted to hear Joe's uh, point of view on all this since we touched on yeah. it the last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I, and I was thinking about this when it comes to Vader, is when you look at his fall, and you know. I'm reminded of, and I don't know if any of you have ever seen the um, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. No, I can't say I've seen that one. Okay. There's a line where at the beginning, Joker finds out who Batman is. And he does the line of, and I'm paraphrasing that, who'd have thought behind all the, the batarangs and the mask was just a poor little boy crying for mommy and daddy. And you could almost put that with Vader, that behind the mask, behind the bravado and this badassery is just a poor little boy crying for his mommy and his wife. And in many ways, Vader is a very pitiable, pit pitiable and almost pathetic character. You know, he, everything he puts on is a front. Yeah, I mean to hide his, you know, his true feelings and he is as awesome as he is, he is in many ways a very pathetic character. And it that's that it's that thing that the emperor preys on. Well, yeah, and I always look at it as he became much more likable when he became Vader. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as that sounds, it became a much more enjoyable character. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, not that I didn't mind Anakin and it's interesting because um, I saw an interview with Kevin Smith, and I think this was right after episode two and going into episode three. And they're talking about, you know, the idea of Anakin that time being a whiny teenager. And he said, yes, of course, the whiny teenager becomes the most evil, sadistic monster in the world. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, you know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we we got I lost mean, as sadistic villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, that brings up another another question: Was Vader evil? I don't think he was necessarily evil. I think he was just following orders, but got caught up with the wrong crowd, kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we can we can justifiably say the Emperor was evil. No, oh, yeah. You know, um, I think with Vader, Vader did evil things, but he, A, was either A, able to justify it in his mind somehow. That's or fair. B, he thought, well, there's no other way. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, and I think, did, I think the, the line... The, the line that really gets it for me that Vader knew what he was doing and knew what he was doing was wrong, but he didn't think he had any other way. It's that line in Jedi right when Luke allowed himself to be captured and he's trying, Luke's trying to turn his father and says, you know, there's still good in you. I can feel it. And he says the line, it is too late for me, my son. Yeah. You know, Vader yeah. thought, yes, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but it's too late. I, I can't go back. Well, it was and... also, you got to think Vader was also from a different, um, well, not necessarily, but like a different thought process where mm -hmm. they were all, it was always hammered into their heads that once you, once you started down the path of the dark side, there was no coming back. Yeah, I mean, even Yoda said it. Uh, forever will it dominate your destiny? 
Right. So that's probably you know, why he meant it that way, and then in the end realized that wasn't necessarily the case. Case, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and, so, well, let's just get this, let's just to get this point. What do you guys think when you hear Vader? I mean, what is the first image that pops in your mind? Lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's so true though it's so true yeah <laughs> and and he swung yeah. from chaotic good yeah i i would yeah i mean he because within the the jedi order i mean he only followed the rules because he kind of had to but once the clone war started he just kind of played by his own rules really and we, yeah. we touched on that when we talked about the clone wars well i, yeah. I look at it the, the you know how he grew up was pure chaotic you know no mm-hmm. idea what's going to happen from day to day mm-hmm. uh, slave driver whatever he's going to be the next day then he joins the jedi and while they're an organization i've never really looked at them as being lawful because they can break their own rules if they feel like it true yeah. And it's a council. It's not just a ruler. You know, so it's always done on who votes which way. Okay, the yeah. majority rules. So still reasonably chaotic because you never know how it's going to go. And then yeah. here comes Palpatine offering what this kid's needed, pure structure. Mm-hmm. You are going to follow my law mm-hmm. and my yeah. word. Order. And, you know, Anakin just poof, totally draw hey. that. Immediately. A new order, if you will. Right. Yeah. A new order. Following me. Yeah. I mean, even until even up to the end, uh, before he actually became Vader, you know, he was still only really following Palpatine because he wanted to save Padme. Say Yeah. Oh, so yeah. he yeah. was doing Which... what he thought he had to do in order to save her. So his intentions were good. It just didn't I think, quite work out that way. I think with a lot of what Vader did, even after he became Vader, he had good intentions. Or at least he was able to, like I said, justify some of the horrible things of it being for the greater good. Right. Um, even to the point of killing younglings. You know, yeah, I... He was able to justify that in his mind of they would they would be killed anyway. I might you know it might as well be done now. Um, they just get indoctrinated and they be taught all these lies. Right. So, you know, he was able to justify it. Yeah. Well, I saw a thing on uh, Facebook just yesterday. I think it was might have been the day before that. Now I can't get out of my head. And mm. when you say you know what. What is the first thing that come to mind when you hear Vader? Like now all I can think of is this, but they basically were kind of breaking it down saying that um, Vader was like the biggest drama king ever to have existed. <laughs> and they they gave a yeah. they gave a couple of uh, until his grandson. Well, they even they went beyond yeah. that and said it's it's just in the Skywalker gene. <laughs> yes, because they also all bring up Leia. Whiny. Well, all, whine, all all Skywalker men are whiny. Need I remind you of Tashi State, the whole Tashi Station? Oh yeah, but Uncle Owen, I want to go to Tashi Station. Pick up some power converters. converters. <laughs> so, like the first thing that they kind of talk about and, is how. Go, he... Oh, hold on. And going going back to that though, his uncle knew exactly though. He's like, you can play with your friends later. He's like, you don't want to pick, just pick up power converters. You just want to hang out with your friends. Right. Uncle Owen was on on him like, yeah, yeah, kids, sure, power converters, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Well, the first thing that they kind of talk about is how he turns off the lights on his uh, chest panel. So that, you know, when he ignites his lightsaber in the darkness, you know, it's just, it's so dramatic. And he's trying to scare the crap out of the rebels. And, like, that was his life support. 
So yeah. this guy turned off his life support for the sheer intention of being over dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And hey, like, he was, didn't turn that... it off. He just turned on quiet mode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Incognito. Silencer. <laughs> but, but, you know, they, vibrate mode. <laughs> they go on to talk about a few other things, but like one of them that got brought up just had me rolling, but they were talking about how um, the, the exact wording is the man flew into an underground temple standing on top of a TIE fighter. He was flying with the force while he also made his cape billow dramatically in a non-existent wind. There is nothing Vader will not do for drama. <laughs> and now that's all I can imagine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I know exactly the scene they're talking about. Yes. Yes. And rebels. Uh, end of season two, I believe. Yes. <laughs> wow. But it just at that whole there was a whole thread about it, and they broke it down talking about how Luke did it and Leia did it, and how Leia mm -hmm. always wants people to come rescue her every time, and just yeah, it was it was cracking me up. Yeah. Well, and then you know Vader. Yeah, I know people made made the joke about in Rogue One of. Vader cracking the dad joke of um, I try not to choke on your inspirations director. <laughs> and I remember people were like, Oh, Vader's got dad jokes. I'm like, yes, Vader has dad jokes. Have you not watched the movies? Vader is full <laughs> of dad jokes. Need I remind you of apology accepted Captain Nita. Right. <laughs> Vader is. <laughs> I feel like we just need like a whole skit of vader giving dad jokes oh that would be great <laughs> that would be very great yes that sounds like a project for you ray <laughs> go get him ray right <laughs> wow um so here's the question here's here's another question for you guys when did he be when in your estimation do you think he became vader hmm like, like, was it in the March on the Temple or when he was fighting uh, Obi-Wan or was it was it not until he was actually in the suit? Um, I mean, when in his mind did he fully embrace and say, OK, I am Vader. Anakin, Anakin is essentially dead. This is who I am. I am going to actually go further back to his discussion with Palpatine about saving Padme. Mm. And as soon as Palpatine tells him, you know, is this the power I can learn? And he says, not from a no, Jedi. Jedi. Right. Right then, I, I got the feeling his decision was made. I'm going to save Padme. I follow this guy now. Yeah. That's very, yeah. very true, yeah. Mm. But, I, you know, I kind of, I would almost go even farther back than that when he decided to listen to Palpatine and decapitate Dooku. Mm. I think that's when his first his first moments step. of oh, well that felt pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like I shouldn't have done that, but it's justified, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Here comes that lawful evil. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, and you could even go even further back than that for if you want to talk about his first steps, his first kind of inkling into the dark side um uh when he slaughtered the sand people yeah that was like true. his first little step and it was a huge step i mean it was just like here let me just jump right deep into the deep end and jump out real quick okay here we go <laughs> yeah but, but my only my only qualm with that is that he was so distraught afterwards and mm -hmm. you know yeah, but yeah. it still was a step. It still was a step. It still was like... Well, yes, I will. I definitely agree to that. Know. Yeah, because it, it was a bit overboard for the crime. But, you know, grief does weird things to people, so... Yeah. But I, I do agree that that was probably his first kind of movement towards the dark side. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think... You know, we, we, going back to um, 
you know, the dark side dominating your destiny. And I think Vader proved this true that, yes, you can still get out of it. You can still return to the light. But and we see this in both the EU and even within Luke and um, and the old legends and even now of once you have even for a little bit, you have that dark side taint on you. It sticks with you. That's always going to be there, even if you, even if you've completely you know rejected and gone back to the light, that darkness is still going to linger on you somehow, some way, whether it be people not trusting you or just a, a, a darkness or a heaviness about you. Yeah, I could you know, I could see yeah, that. I can see that. That yeah, it's it's always going to be with you, you know, no matter what. Um so because you got to think i mean he did you know we're talking about balance and things like that he did so many atrocities Mm -hmm. that i don't think that just because even even killing the emperor wasn't wholly for the light side it was Mm -hmm. i mean he was trying to save his son which it's kind of selfish in and of itself yeah um but, you know, I don't know is that that one act of good would outweigh all the bad that he did. Well, I mean, and this this is a um, a theory that I'd heard before that Vader never really fully turned back to the light. Yeah, I, that I, I he, could see that. That, you know, like you said, the only re- he saved his son... You know, we know because, of course, he turned into a force ghost and was welcomed back in. So we know that as far as George was concerned, he did turn back to the light. True. But, you know, like you said, was that one piece of atonement, was that enough, you know, to turn him turn him back? Or right. was it in doing that, was it a complete 180 in his mind and heart that, you know, um I'm sorry for everything that I've done. Mm-hmm. And then the force basically made the decision of, all right, you did enough. Well, that part I you always know. kind of wondered about too. I mean, they show it as that the Jedi are able to become force ghosts. Um, but mm-hmm. who really is to say that that's just a light side exclusive thing i mean it, it's possible that anybody could do it as long as you are force sensitive so he well, might have been able they, to do it well actually they've talked about that in in uh the clone wars the uh, uh one of one of the last well last seasons of the clone wars about right. how um only only light side uh only light siders are able to obtain this power you have to be one very strong, you know, you have very strong in the force mm-hmm. and that it is something that darksiders or especially in particularly Sith cannot do because you have to basically purge yourself of any dark, dark feeling or dark emotions. Okay. Well, that's fair. in order to do this. Yeah. I, I think what you're going to find is Plagueis's uh, power was similar to that. Yeah, mm. like a but dark instead of becoming of a force ghost, you you're able to you know stay in your body no matter how corrupt it's become. Yeah, we we've seen that with the with the Sith before. We've seen them able to basically put their essence in um, either objects, uh, like um, if you're familiar with the uh, the old Republic games, uh, Darth Nihilus. Or stuff like, you know, something like that. So you're able to, you know, continue on living, even though your body and your spirit, you know, your physical form may be gone. You can still, you can possess an object like a cloak or a sword, like a lightsaber or something like that, or a piece of armor. (laughs) A temple, yes. (laughs) Yeah, um, exactly. And that I think it's the same thing. It's just from opposite spectrums. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't need the physical to bring yourself out as a Jedi. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas that's the Sith have the limitation of you have to be able to embed yourself into something. Yeah. Well, yeah. didn't the I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but didn't the the Night Sisters slash Witches of Dathomir didn't they have a form of quote unquote Force ghosts? Uh, like wasn't kind of, that but again, something that they they had? were tethered. Again, if I remember correctly, they were tethered okay. to and to some something or some place, so that they they couldn't, you know. Whereas a, for, whereas a force ghost can a force ghost can show up anywhere. I mm-hmm. think with the Sith with the Sith quote unquote force ghost or force spirit, they are tethered to, you know wherever like whatever temple uh they were killed in or wherever they died you know almost like a ghost like a little like you know people think with a little ghost now where they're tethered to the house or whatever right i think that's kind of what it was with the set is they're tethered to that well there was a sith master and of course this is uh eu stuff but um there was a sith master that was didn't he start off by, as just like an archaeologist and through by heading to a planet and being trained by the spirit of a former Sith master? Man, I can't mm. remember now. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up for X-Tar the Coon? next show. What's that? Are you, are you talking Exar Kun? Possibly. Because that sounds like an Exar Kun mm-hmm. uh, thing, but... I could be wrong, but yeah, well, we can talk about, um, Hey, Hey, there's a, a good, uh, topic for our next, next week's discussion is the Sith. Yeah. Yeah. We can discuss the, the Sith and yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to Darth Vader, um, I mean, what is it about? Because, you go through any movie list of greatest villains of all time and near the top or even sometimes very at the, at the top inevitably is Vader. I mean, you, you know, you look at, you know, any top 10 movie villains, movie bad guys, Vader's going to be top two, top three, almost every time. What is it about that character that makes it him so popular of a villain. Mm. I kind of is think... it just the imagery? I think a is lot it of just... it's just he's so matter of fact about everything he does. Yeah. I, yeah. You don't really. I know, you know, we've been discussing evil, but do you really get that feeling? Or. It just needs to be done. No. Well, and and really, and we've talked, uh, and we've uh, in previous shows before, we've talked about this before. The fact that he was really only the main villain in one movie, that being Empire. He wasn't the main villain in uh, New A New Hope. That would have been um, Tarkin. And in Jedi, the main villain was, of course, the Emperor. Mm-hmm. So he always was the the heavy, with the exception of of uh, Empire Strikes Back. He was always the muscle. He was always the heavy. He was always, you know, like a yeah, like I like I said, he was the muscle. So, but he had such an imposing figure that the first time you see him on screen, you're just like, oh. And you knew immediately, one, this is a bad dude. This is a guy you don't mess with. <laughs> and, you know, you hear the, you know, the James Earl, James Earl Jones voice and, you know, just this massive mountain of a man coming towards you. And you're just like, it's scary, especially if you're a kid. <laughs> and yeah. it's also kind of cool. You know, you think think back at your favorite scenes in the Star Wars movie, and any of them, 
um, with the exception, of course, maybe the the, the the sequels because Vader's not really in them. But I can almost guarantee you, you're, if you were to name your top three favorite scenes, they all would have Vader in them. Mm, true. I mean, even if he wasn't wearing the mask, like for me, my three favorite scenes in the Star Wars movie and in order of least uh, to first would be on the Death Star, the second Death Star, um, after Luke has chopped off Vader's arm and he and the Emperor's wanting him to join and he gives the line of, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Vader was there. Second one would be the march on the Jedi Temple um, during Order 66. And third would, of course, be the hallway scene in Rogue One. I'm That's my favorite Vader scene of all time. Yeah. That, but <laughs> you finally got to see Vader. Just, what's that? That was really, to me, the first full on, this is what a Sith yeah. Lord can do. Yes. Oh, that was just, yeah, that, that was, yeah. And the look of utter terror in their face as Vader goes down the hallway was just pure. And was it wrong that I was giggling and laughing and smiling the whole time as he was slaughtering the rebels? Yeah, clapping. Go that, like, I, yeah! I think everybody cheered when that happened. Everybody <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, it's Vader. <laughs> Kill those damn rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. we're and, bad. <laughs> I mean, and, the, and the comics really go into more, you know, some of the, the Vader comics, and which I haven't got to read all of them yet. But what I've been able to see, you know, really go into the Vader psyche, and you know, his thought process, and just how, again, how badass he could be. I mean, just. Uh, there's one instance where he's surround, like the rebels have him surrounded, and they say, "We have you surrounded." And he gives the line, "All I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men." Yes. And he's outnumbered like fifty to one, and he just says, "Yeah, no, I'm not surrounded. You're, you're surrounded. Yeah, you're just not really bothered yet. by this, folks." Um. <laughs> no, no, no. And yeah, I mean, his whole. disdain for anyone i mean he you know he there's a it's an old comic but i think it really gets to the heart of vader um and it's no longer canon but there's one where he was sent to a planet to look for something and he ran into this is before they brought maul officially brought maul back and it was like a forced ghost or forced vision or something of of maul had come back and they were fighting and to finally defeat him, Vader stabs himself through the stomach to kill Maul. And <laughs> drunk. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Vader and Maul and Maul asked the question as he's dying, he said, what, you know, what can you hate that much to give you this power? And Vader says myself. Oh, Vader hates himself. Vader, there's two people Vader hates, I think, more than anything. Himself and Palpatine. I think Vader despises Palpatine. But he thinks he's stuck with them. Right. He thinks that he has no choice. You know, he has to do this. And, you know, because Palpatine is the only... after he after he lo- he lost Obi Wan, and we talked about this last week that Obi Wan was never that father figure. Obi Wan was always the brother. Palpatine came in as the father figure, and it was uh, with someone who ne- who had never had a father. Even if you hate that father, if if a father figure comes in, you're not gonna you're gonna do everything you can to make sure that that father figure doesn't leave. You know, I can yeah. see that actually. Yeah. So. Hmm. 
Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And for a little oh. rebel like uh, Anakin was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like you said, you know, Palpatine brought brought a form, uh, some form of structure. And you have that fear of, and this is what a lot of people in um, those type of relationships that are, you know, these kind of toxic relationships, these kind of, you know, uh, you know even abusive relationships that they stay in because they can are you know the, the other person can say can give the argument where would you be without me you know and i'm sure that that was going through i'm sure there's two things that palpatine always had over over him one is you're replaceable i can drop you like a hat you know find someone more powerful kill you and i'll still be here <laughs> and the second mm-hmm. is he could have had is where would you go without me what would you be without me you'd be nothing I made you I created who you are right now so just be a good little good little Sith toy and go kill some rebels which we he had shown that um, in other you know like look in the case of Dooku he you know, kind of said, oh, look, a new younger apprentice. Which, I mean, that's the Sith way. Right. That's, you know, the Sith are always, the apprentice is always, the master is always looking for the stronger apprentice. And, you know, the whole idea is, and we can go over this when we talk about our Sith of the rule of two and how that kind of always helps make the Sith more powerful because, the more powerful apprentice will always supplant, supplant the master, thus meaning that the Sith will always rise in power. Right. Um, uh, just that was kind of their way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very Greek, if you think about it. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but so. Well, I thought about it for a little bit, and okay. I, I came up with a question for today's okay. episode that I, I would like to ask both of you, kind of a, uh, Joe, what I like, what I started doing um, is towards the end of the show, I like to throw out just this kind of hypothetical question that could spin the series in a completely different direction and, and kind of get everybody's point of view on it. And I also wanted to put it out there for any listeners that they could answer as well via one of our social media avenues. Um, but the question that I had thought of today is kind of simple, but I think it could throw the whole thing out of whack. So my question is, Obi-Wan faces off against Darth Maul is able to to take him out and is able to actually save Qui-Gon Jinn and now mm. Qui-Gon is able to train Anakin how do you think that would change the outcome mm. Mm. I think it would change it dramatically because, like I said before, with Qui-Gon, you'd have much more of a father figure than and someone who would be, while being much more while being much more strict with Anakin, would also understand of giving him respect and understanding that, you know, these aggressive tendencies, while they while they can lead to the dark side, they can also be honed and used for, you know, for good. Mm-hmm. And he would be able to take some of these feelings that he had and turn them around and hone them towards a something good. And I think he would be able to tell right away that there's something going on with him and Padme and would be able to you know, figure something out with that and either 
turn that ship around or, you know, I think it would be a completely different, um, different outcome for Anakin if, if, uh, Qui-Gon had lived. Okay. But then again, I could be wrong. As we said before, it could have always been his destiny. And to go that way. And, uh, you know, one of those things that no matter what you do, no matter how you change, Vader will always rise. Somehow, some way. But I'm sure I'm interested to think what you hear what you have to think, Joe. Um, I think it would have changed things dramatically, but I think more of he's not going to become Vader but he's not going to stay Anakin either. I, I almost see yeah. more gray Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> having been, if he was fully trained by Qui-Gon, because hey, be that's kind of how be I careful. picture Qui-Gon. Yeah. Hey, Hey, be careful. That can start fights on the internet. Excellent. <laughs> that's what <laughs> yeah. we're here for, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Because I always picture Qui-Gon as kind of a gray Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't always listen to the council. Uh, you know, they, and, and, they kind of get into that a little bit with Yoda and him. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you listen to my training, you did not. <laughs> gotcha. mm. Uh, mm. So I could see, and I also see Qui-Gon being, like you said, the ends justify the means. Yeah, if I have yeah. to use a little dark side here, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the means, I'm, I'm using it for good. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I always thought that would be what a great Jedi does. He basically could justify using any force, any of the force, as long as it's good, you know, for their means. Yeah. And I could see and a Vader yeah. of actually becoming very <laughs> entrenched in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of, he would basically become almost like what Luke had become. Yeah, I I could see that, actually, yeah. You know, Luke was very much, you know... Hey, if I have to use a little force choke here and there to get through, uh, through some, you know, to to uh, to save my friend, I'll use a little force choke here or there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I'm the almighty, great, and good Jedi. They had their definite gray moments. Oh. Anytime yes. we uh, <clears throat> worked on the weak-minded to say something or do something else, you're using the well, force to bend somebody to your will. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you can even make that argument of all the stuff they did during the Clone Wars. Right. Yeah. You right. Know, they weren't soldiers. They were guardians and keepers of the peace, so to speak. But they weren't, you know, for, for a Jedi initially, violence was always to be a matter of last resort. And then suddenly they're put in a position where violence is the issue of everything. You know, you're a soldier now. Violence is what you do. So they, I mean, even then they had to kind of compromise their beliefs and their, and we talked about this yesterday about the the hypocrisy of Anakin of um, looking at what they had done and, you know, thinking that they were hypocritical for, oh, they they wouldn't let me on the council. They say they're peacekeepers, but they're out there fighting wars. Well, you got married, which is was basically one of the top tenets and top things you weren't supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. A little hypocritical <laughs> there. Little bit. Oh, yeah. Anakin uh, was complete hypocrite. Oh, well, and... Um, we're hunting the Sith. Touch- oh yeah, that's the Emperor, or that's the you know Senator Palpatine. But I'm not going to tell you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and this is something I wanted to ask you guys about was was Padme enabling him? Hmm. Was Padme an enabler as far as because Padme could have the minute she saw that there were these feelings by Anakin and that he wanted to take this friendship and this relationship to a whole other level. You know? Yeah, I kind of think she she was. She was risking as much, you know, she could have easily have said, like, look, kid, you're nice, you're sweet, 
you know, you're good looking and, but you do this. You're one. Yeah. You're a kid. And two is this could potentially ruin both our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, really me, even, even if you think about it, hers more than his, because he would have just been kicked out of the order and he could have just been like, all right, I'll just move in with, with Padme. But Padme could have lost her career. Right. Right. Well, she also, throughout the Clone Wars, we see that every time Anakin does something a little bit questionable, she kind of almost brushes it off or justifies (laughs) it in her own way. So, yeah, I think she definitely was enabling him. Oh, yeah. She always, I mean, even, even the slaughter of the Sand People. Right, you know, instead yeah. of being a normal person, would have been like, "Okay, dude, you need help." Yeah, women right. and children. Whoa, <laughs> serious help. Right. But she was like, "Well, you know, I understand you were angry, and <laughs> you know, these are hum- you know the feelings that a normal person would feel like." Yeah, a normal person wouldn't slaughter an entire village. <laughs> right. Yeah, see, we call those mass shootings in our day and now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, exactly. that's about the equivalent. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, she was pure enabler. And I'm sorry, but in episode two, the whole let's go home and I'm going to make you fall in love with me even more because I'm going to act stupid like I don't realize this is what's happening, but dress up and fall in front of you and need your help and totally seduce you totally unused to women kid right yeah <laughs> that's all i see the whole time they're hiding out on uh oh. i just i'm just picturing the um i don't know if either one of you have seen the how it should have ended for the clone wars <laughs> no. and there's what there's there's one episode, episode two where they're having the dinner and he's cutting the uh He's using the force to cut the uh, the piece of fruit, and is like, you know, just completely just going hard flirt with her, and the whole time she's reaching out to the table, pressing the panic button. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's, it's losing it. <laughs> now that's good. Yeah, that would yeah. be hilarious. I'm gonna have to go back and find that now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty good. They're pretty good. The uh, yeah, the how 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 it should have ended. But anyway, nice. I think we will uh, wrap things up here tonight. Kind of a shorter episode. And well, I have uh, one thing I want to throw out there. I kind of threw it at Ray the other day, and okay. I want you thinking about it before the next episode, Mark. Carrie uh, Russell's new character. How do you think she's going to fit in? In uh, the Last Jedi, hmm. I already threw Ray my theory, and it about blew his mind. I'm <laughs> trying to figure out who she is. Uh, she, from what I've seen of the scenes and the and the trailers, uh, she's kind of a dark Jedi. Okay, possibly even a Sith. Mm. Uh, I just just gonna throw this out there and leave it for you for next week. Is I'm thinking Emperor's hand with that red hair. Oh, you think we could be? Oh, and that would sure explain where Ray comes from, wouldn't it? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap mm. the episode. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Of course, you can find this and all the other episodes here on Realm of the Mist on Anchor.fm. Anchor is, of course, your one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs and also helps you if you are interested in making a podcast over your own. It helps you do that uh, with recording tools and editing tools at your disposal so you can do what we do right here every week. Uh, You can also find us on Apple Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, not Apple iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard. Uh, leave us a like on YouTube, like and subscribe us on YouTube, and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate that. Also, we have the t-shirts. Uh, we have a official 
War of the Stars t-shirt, which you can't see, but I am wearing right now. Um, <laughs> you can uh, go to the website, uh, the Realm of the Mist website, which will be linked in the description below. Um, and uh, check it out there with for prices, and they are made to order. Um, so... Just um, also, if you want to support us otherwise, you can give us money through Patreon. We would greatly appreciate that. Every dollar helps. Uh, you can get exclusive content on there, including our After Hours Unedited show, Uncensored Unedited podcast that we do uh, about once a month or so. We do a, a little uncensored, just kind of shoot from the hip uh, shoot the breeze type of podcast. And you can check that out with, uh, for just a dollar a month on Patreon. Um, gives you access to that. Also, we have a donate tab, a support tab, I should say, uh, on anchor. If you don't necessarily agree with some of the politics or stuff that, uh, Patreon does, uh, you can support us there. As for me, you can find me, of course, on Twitter at John Mark Tully one because I am, of course, the number one John Mark Tully on Twitter. On Instagram at John Tully thirty nine thirty, and on Facebook at Mark Tully. Also, check out the Facebook page not only for this show but for Realm of the Mist. And email us if you want to email the show. You can email us at Realm of the Mist Entertainment at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is, of course, Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Um, and that's about it. Uh, Joe, since you're the new guy, we'll let you go next. Where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me over on Facebook at Joe Cahill, Director Producer, or under Steamhouse Entertainment. Uh, you can find me under Steamhouse Entertainment on YouTube and also on Instagram and Twitter. So just check it out and, and I'll answer any questions you might have. Awesome. Awesome. Of course, Chris. Or, yeah, I called you the wrong person. Sorry, Ray. <laughs> Ray, where can people find your happy face? Uh, well, again, same as your shirt. Can't really see it. It's podcast. But I have a face for radio anyway. Uh, you can find me DMing and using my crazy character voices at Chronicles of the Lost Realm. It is a Realm of the Mist production. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Just type it into the search bar and it'll take you mm -hmm. right there. All right. All right. And with that being said, we will see you next week here on War of the Stars where we discuss the Sith. And as always, remember, this isn't just your Star Wars. This isn't just my Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next that's time. That's right. <laughs> May the force be with you. <laughs>